All right, everybody, welcome in this afternoon to another edition of Baxter Street Boys. I'm your host, Cole Wilcox, joined as always by co-host Jake Gordon and our semi-talented producer, Griffin Rudy. Dogs are 2-0, and it feels great to say. Uh, for months and months, we're sitting here wondering what we're going to talk about, playing hypotheticals. But today, full list of notes. We finally have football to talk about. Talking season's over. And unfortunately for a lot of teams, talking season's over. They wish it still was. But today we're talking about the dogs. Um, before we get started, do us a favor. Follow us on Twitter. Um, there's going to be more people watch this show than follow us on Twitter. Uh, so we need to change that. Listen, if you like the content we do on here, you're going to love it on Twitter. Uh, I was sitting in a hotel room in Columbia, South Carolina during the 12 o'clock games, and I was on one. Uh, Jake was on one on his account. We were, we were letting them fly, so definitely follow us there. Um, and, Griff, after you play the intro video, maybe you can drop the Twitter um, in the live chat, the link to the Twitter. So that'll you work. Got it. All right, let's do it. Get into it. <laughs> There he goes in the corner again, and we jump up. Touchdown! Oh, God, a touchdown in the corner! He just stepped on their face with a hobnailed boot and broke their nose. We just crushed their face. Swift's got running room. Swift by the defense. 40, 30, they won't catch him. Go, Swift, into the end zone. Touchdown! The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. 50, 10, 5, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Dogs win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Near sideline, and it's intercepted. Intercepted. Keely Ringo at the 21. Off he goes. 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30. Near sideline. Breaks a tackle. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Georgia. I know I'm asking a lot, you guys, but hunker it down one more time. All right, boys. Let's get into it. Um, I didn't prep you all for this segment, but we're going to do it anyway. So we did it earlier in the year. I said I didn't have a name for it. I took the liberty of naming it for myself. It's fourth and one. Uh, fourth and one because we guys, – guys like us three who, who, I don't know, have some balls to us, let's put it that way, we got a decision to make on fourth and one. There, there are certain people that coach for the Falcons who don't have a decision to make there. We, we actually have a decision to make. Um, like always, live chat, y'all answer these questions too. We're going to go back and forth with you guys. But fourth and one, make a decision. Watch a game in the pouring down rain or watch a game at 12 o'clock. One of it's 105 degrees outside. Is it, is it the same opponent on each one? Yeah, yeah. All same, all things equal. I, I stand in the student section, so I, I'm, I'm going to be right in the elements. Um, yeah. That's it. Griff, you go first. I don't, I don't know if I have an answer for this one yet. I go pouring rain. Dude, I think I'm leaning that too. And I hate rain, but I'm sick and tired of standing in stadiums when it's that hot. It's awful. It's it's kind of sick in the rain, low key. Sometimes. Like I don't know what it was Sometimes about. The like, abysmal. I don't know what it was about that Texas A&M game when uh, a couple years ago when we stood out in the rain the whole time. But that was kind of sick. I had that game. I, I'd probably go with the heat, just because uh, if you go heat, you can go top, you can go tarps off for the boys. Just pop your shirt off right there. Yeah, um, that's true. And usually you're going to see some better football. You know, if it's raining, you might be, you know, only running the ball like that uh, Kentucky game a couple years ago in Lexington. That one was ugly. Very fair point. Um, here's a good one for all the dogs fans out there. Pick your offense. 
Matthew Stafford, Brendan Douglas, and Chris Conley, or Grayson Lambert, Herschel Walker, and AJ Green. <laughs> we we have some assassins in this one. Now, don't forget, Check, Lambert, Lambert does have the highest completion percentage of any game in the NCAA. That is true. That is true. I believe that still stands to this day. <laughs> Dude was locked in for one game. <laughs> and it took the um, next 11 off. I'd, Chandler's saying two. I'd probably go two as well. Um, I mean, hey, I mean, I know you, I know we're going to be able to run the ball, and, and if you can just get it close to, to A.J. Green. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go two as well. Yeah, I think okay. Herschel Walker. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm taking one in today's game, but Phil says Stafford. I mean, if you got Stafford, man, like yeah. he's gonna make everybody around it better. So it's pretty much, pretty much. Do you want the quarterback to elevate everybody else? That's a good one, though. All right, you have to sit in a student session at opposing team. Georgia's playing. You taking Knoxville or the Swamp? I'd probably get I'd probably get in a fight at either one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're in bad shape, either one for sure. But oh, I, I, I will never step foot in Knoxville. That that's that is a goal of mine. It, it's gonna work. I I will never step foot in Neyland Stadium. I have no desire to. I'll take the swamp all day. The swamp actually looks like it has a legit environment, not a made up one like Neyland has. And now, hey, here's another thing, too. It's kind of a trick question. Georgia does not play in, in, in Gainesville, so I wouldn't be at a Georgia game. So Break I kind of have to questions. go with that, too. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, here's, this is a good one right here, if I say so myself. You either have your wife or girlfriend explain, watch the game and explain it to you while you're facing the other direction. Or you have to take a shot every negative play that the opposing team has play in Georgia. Shot negative play. I I I can't. I cannot watch a game if my girlfriend was telling me what was going Every on. Every negative play. Uh, I don't care. I'll just be hammered. Uh, whatever. I don't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't care if it's like. I don't care if it's like Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels explaining the. I don't care who it is. Like I'm gonna want to turn around and watch. So I'll yeah. probably. I probably go with the liquor as well. And I feel like it's one of those things that would just only be responsible. Like until you throw up. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Here's a good one too. Last one. You either get thirty million or you get thirty million dollars, but Roquan Smith hits you once a month, fully padded, and you're blindsided every single time. Yes, sir. I don't even need to hear the second one. Yes, I was about to say yeah. I didn't know if it was. I'll take a, it. A, either or, yeah. Once a month for the rest of your life. That's fine. Why not? I mean, but he's gonna right. get. Old. He's, he's older. Than me. He, he's older than me. Eventually, he's it, eventually it, it, he's it, gonna it, get really old. Old Roquan Smith is gonna. So are you? Him. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but he's gonna get older faster than I am because he's older than I am. I don't know, boys. It's true. I don't know that you might spend it all on hospital bills. Is the problem? There. <laughs> all right. So there was a game on Saturday. Uh, it was it was overshadowed by a lot of the, the absolute atrocity that was going around college football. But the dogs did play first time opener since the Natty. Um, you two were there. What was the environment like? It was sick, man. Yeah, I got the chills at the very beginning. They they had a new hype video. Uh, Quavo did the hype video. It was pretty sick. They had, um, they had, you know, the whole national championship thing. And then, you know, please welcome your 2021 national championship, Georgia Bulldogs. It was, it was incredible. Uh, and then the game kicked off. There was not a lot of energy in the crowd. I can't lie, which is, you know, it's expected. It's, it's hard to get up for a game like that. Uh, I was still pumped. You know, I, I stayed until, uh, I stayed until the third quarter. 
Um, so I hung around a little bit. But, hey, Sanford played pretty well. Griff, what do you think? Yeah, it was it was sick pregame. Pregame was dope. But once it got into the game, I don't know. It was just something about, like, coming off what we did last week and all that stuff. Like, it's hard to, you know, just get into that game as a, as a fan. But, I mean, like, I was yelling my butt off. There was this chick behind me who was just – I wish she would have just shut up, but, you know, she was just That's rattling cool. off takes, and I was like I, – I was about to turn around and do something. Yeah. I should yeah, it looks like, she, it she, looks she, like she slid in the good name of Stetson Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it she, how she just she just kept saying stuff like, oh, my God, score a touchdown. I was like, all right, let's just let's just hold yeah. off on that kind the of game, talk. The game was a little sloppy, a little slow. Uh I didn't get to watch a whole lot of it. I rewatched it today. I really wasn't looking forward to rewatching it. I'll be honest with you. Uh, it, it just seemed slow, but there was a lot of good moments. So going back and rewatching it was beneficial. And I don't really have much of a like categories that to go break this game down by. So I have a bunch of bullet points. I know y'all have bullet points, so we can just kind of chat it up like we're sitting in some bar stools talking about it. I think a good place to start. Uh, actually, Griff, tell me one good thing that happened in the game. So we start off on a really good note. One good thing that happened in the game. All right. Well, um, we only allowed 128 yards total in the game. Beautiful. So the defense was pretty stout. Beautiful. There, there's your positivity. All right. So let's let's kick it off. A.D. Mitchell goes down on the first play. Um, and it looks like reports are saying he, that's a high ankle sprain. You never know with, with a skilled guy. That could take a while. Um, hopefully we're not without him too long because he's a stud. But – Let's, I want to start with the receivers because one of my first notes is, like, obviously he's going to step up for AD uh, in that time. Um, my first bullet point from the game, this is before I even knew AD was really hurt, Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint runs some really good routes, like really, really good routes. And we completed him on two big-time third downs early in the game. And both plays, there was, like, really no other option. Stetson looked at him from the time he snapped the ball to the time he threw it. So, clearly, Monken and company are comfortable – Targeting this guy on third down, which is a big deal. Like you're talking to somebody on big or on third down, it's a big deal. Clearly, they trust him. Um, I think he's a guy who can really step up in AD spot. Uh, who do y'all got stepping up? Dylan Bell. Yeah, I like Dylan Bell. I like what I saw. We always heard about how fast he was. Uh, you know, coming out of high school, I think he had like an ele- a, a sub twelve second hundred yard dash. Freak athlete. You saw he had a little bit of wiggle once he got the ball. I understand it is FCS competition, but he was moving real well through through traffic. I like what I saw to him. Yeah. For I sure. think I, I think Marcus Rosemey Jackson is definitely a guy who could step up. I mean, uh he's a big guy and he's obviously got talent. We saw flashes of it too before he got injured uh against Florida in twenty twenty. I mean, he looked really good that game when he caught that touchdown and got injured, but I, I think he's a guy that has a lot of upside, so I can't wait to see more of him. Yeah. Um, another guy we targeted a lot was Jackson Meeks. Uh, we targeted Jackson Meeks a lot that game. Some deep shots, some underneath. Like, I think the coaching staff clearly likes what they have in him because we're really trying to target him early in the game and they want to get him involved. So, he's another guy who could step up. Like, I, I'm really not too concerned about it, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe if we were playing Tennessee next week or going to Kentucky next week, I'd be a lot more concerned. But I think we got guys who can step up. Um, obviously, everybody on this show knows how bullish we are in AD. That's a big loss in any time of the year. But I'm excited to see some of these guys step up, see what they got. Last year, 15 guys with the target. No, we had an nice. AD. Yeah, 15 yeah. guys with the target. Yeah. Um, here's, here's catch, a hot, excuse me. Sorry, not a target. Here's a hot take for you, Griff. 
Yeah. Stetson will have 380 yards passing versus South Carolina. Michael Dudley. I, agree I saw that. I saw that. And see, my thing about that is I don't think that's much of a hot take. I mean, 380 for Stet, that's easy. Yeah. Um, I do have a stat on uh, on Stetson Bennett. We'll talk about this after this. Stephen Murray says, Barcel talk would be the size of Dan Jackson schlong. Gainesville represent. I, I personally Jackson have never seen it, but I imagine it's it's solid the way he plays football. I, I can't <laughs> I can't speak for the actual size, but, but yeah, Dan Jackson is a baller. The dude, the dude's awesome. He's always he just has his nose on the football always. Like anytime he's in the game, he's making something happen. I love it. Dan Jackson's the man. He eats. He'll be for he'll be a Georgia legend. He could not play another down. He'll be a Georgia legend because he wore that block on the goal line in the championship game, and it was awesome. I, he got him getting rocked was better than if he would have laid the block. He was just like this dude's the best. Uh, speaking of stat and speaking of passing, I do have a stat for you. Who was the last quarter, UGA quarterback to throw for three hundred yards in the first two games? It'd have to be Murray, wouldn't it? It right. was Murray. It'd have to be 2013. 2013. I know Jake didn't. And then Murray went ballistic the third game. I didn't write down how much he had, but he, I, he was like four hundred, I think. So Stetson has some big shoes. I thought you were going to drop somebody was, super irrelevant. I thought you were about well, to Well, I really, when I looked this up, I really wanted to go way back, but I was like, Murray probably did. He hit like 301 on the second. So it's kind of like Stetson right there at it. Yeah. I, but, I think that third game that year, too, was that North Texas game where he threw uh, that 99 yard tutty to Reggie Davis. Yeah. Now he went ballistic the third game. Uh, I love. I love you. Dan Jackson. He'll be a UGA legend and the best used car salesman 30501 has ever seen. <laughs> he, uh, he, I feel like he's going to be one of those guys. He's going to, he's probably like a finance major. He probably, since he was a walk on, he probably does pretty well in school. And he's just going to get like some guy in some big high rise buckhead. going to be like, you mean that Dan Jackson? He's going to give him some sick job, make it like 250K a year out of school. <laughs> he's going to have a great yeah, life. For sure. Uh, just hope the season doesn't turn out like 2013 season, Philip Hudson. Yeah. You're telling me that was that was a come crashing down to, to reality after that LSU game. I think I think the difference there is our defense is not anywhere. Hey, you cannot compare. The defense is dumb, dude. The defense is absolutely insane. Like this year, I really went into it thinking, man, I'm this is gonna be one of the first years in Kirby Smart's tenure that I'm gonna be actually looking forward to the offense coming on the field rather than like exciting. I just love when the defense comes out. It's exciting to watch defense. No, it still is. It's still awesome. There's too many freaks out there. I had one note. The play where we let Jalen Carter just stand up and rush the passer was awesome. He got there in two seconds. He hit a guy with a little hezzy, went through the middle, and he was there in half a second. You guys are a freak. Uh, I'll tell you who put in some good some good plays. Uh, I thought Xavier Sori had a good game uh, for the most part. Definitely. He he came on a blitz, and he put the guard on his back. Like He, he literally didn't even try to find a hole. He just straight up ran through the guard. It was awesome. I had to rewind it like three times to see who it was. My eyes saving story. So that was sick. JDJ uh, JDJ had a big blow up as well, similar in that way. I had that note too. JDJ looked really comfortable in the blitz. Uh, he was getting there quick, uh, and I think that was he's been labeled as a thumper, which you know he he, he hits. But his quickness, I think, on the blitz was surprising to me. Um, I thought I thought he he showed some really good instinct, instincts finding the hole. He was back there quick. I, so far, the linebackers I thought have played. Two really, really good games. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that progresses. There's probably some mistakes mixed in, but I thought they I thought they played great. Yeah, when you talk about JDJ on the blitz too, I mean, like, 
He's been under Nakobe last year, who was great at that, and Roquan before Nakobe was great at that. I mean, like they would always come flying up the middle and just hammer the quarterback. So I mean, he's got he's got some some good guys to learn from. Yeah, uh, Phil Hudson says, "How do you guys think the young players are going to handle the sandstorm?" I think the sandstorm is. I I did my South Carolina hate this morning on Twitter, so follow us for that. If you have to play a song to have a decent home environment, your your home crowd stinks. So that's that's what I think about Sandstorm. I think it's I think it's the crowd will be loud for thirty seconds, and then the rest of the time it will not be loud. Yeah, it, people people always trash Georgia because we like play like old music or whatever, what whatever all that stuff, and then praise South Carolina because they play that same song ever. How many people are coming into Athens and beating us in the last five years? It's been one did. team. They did. They but Sandstorm, but. Sandstorm is a song you used to have to use on YouTube because, like, everything else was, like, copyright protected. <laughs> <laughs> the, like, sand, it sucks. the 30 seconds they play Sandstorm is cool, but it's, like I said, it's 30 seconds. I mean, who, who cares? Um, one note that I had, perimeter blocking on this team is nuts. Uh, the perimeter blocking from the receivers in the tight ends when they get out in space, it's the best I've seen in all of my years of fandom at Georgia. Those guys get out there and they lay the wood. They And it seems like they love doing it. That's, that's what's fun about it. Um, they're, they're equally excited as everybody else when the play happens and it's good. They just – Darnell had a nasty block on Stets, uh touchdown run. Yes, that first touchdown run, he, he rolled did. somebody up. He did. Uh, that's – that's the thing, man. I don't know if it's a McClendon thing that he came in and he really harped on it. I know that last year Monken kind of took over the receiver room midway through because he was fed up with how they were blocking. Like, it's it's one of those things where it's just a sign of a good culture when, when the receivers are out there laying the wood. Um, and you know that looks good on pro film. Um, that's one of the things they're going to ask him about. You know, do you like blocking? Are you willing to block? Because that's a big part of the game, and you see it with our offense right now. The way we're able to manipulate some of the things – outside off tackle um kitty mcintosh has caught for portal on 200 yards already and a lot of that has just been give it to him in space on the perimeter and let him go and you got to credit the blocking to that yeah i, I, I got thought, a donut uh, from, from ron williams he said uh, he was excited to see starks and bullard get their hands on the ball on defense almost three interceptions from those guys saturday and tyke is back tyke was making some plays as well um, yeah. I noticed him out there. He he looks solid. I was uh, I was happy to see him get some burn because I feel like we didn't see much of him in the Oregon game. He's definitely a guy who's willing to come up and make a play. Uh, that's one thing I noticed about him from from yesterday, and that's that's why Kirby Smart recruits a guy like that to come play because that that's what he likes. You have to be able to do that in his offense uh, with the man with the man to man that we play a lot. You've got to be able to make tackles in open space. He looked pretty comfortable doing that. So yeah, I'm excited to see Taiki come back. Even Kirby mentioned how important he is to this team last week, and we kind of hit on it. We're going to need him in the long haul. He, he's a guy who's first-team All-American. He's talented. When you have that type of talent, you want him on the field. Yeah, I mean, uh, we see you, you see how much of a factor that depth can play in, in football. I mean, Alabama, two of their receivers go down, and they're complaining that that's why they lost. But, you know. Yeah, just wait till they come back. Next though. man up. Next man up. They played them close, but just wait till they come hey, back. If if they'd have had, hey, if they'd have had Mechie and Williams in that Different Texas story. game, it would have never been close. Different story for sure. There's there's a whole line. I it, it's so funny because I, the, all the spotlight by John Mechie and JMO, fantastic players. Don't get me wrong. Georgia's injury report every single week last last year was 
10 to 15 guys deep, and they were guys who played a lot. Yeah. I mean, there was um, – I mean, um, I mean, obviously Adam Anderson was a guy. Tate. You're missing three or four receivers. Tate Ratlidge is out. Uh, I mean, at the time, JT Daniels, everybody was like, when's JT coming back? JT Daniels on there every single week. Uh, it, not, Georgia, not Georgia was really Pickens. beat up. Yeah, and Pickens, you know. George Pickens played less snaps than Arian Smith in the national championship. So, yeah. food for thought. Food for thought there. Uh, it doesn't even matter. Screw Alabama. Uh, we'll get to them later. Um, speaking of of what happened this week, you see Oregon hung 70 on whoever they played and their favorite against BYU this week. This could really kill the old Oregon was just bad narrative. If Oregon beats BYU this week, you better tune in next week because I will have plenty of tweets bookmarked and I'll be ready to roll. Oh, yeah. That, that, would, absolutely, that would blow college football's mind if Oregon beats BYU this week. Because after BYU's primetime win, they, everybody's got them as the next playoff team. I didn't see a playoff team play that night. I think Oregon can beat me neither, personally. Me neither. I think Oregon definitely uh, I, I I like BYU, so, you know. Yeah, you uh, like them, but do you think they were world beaters? Oh, no, absolutely not. No. The quarterback's solid. He's got a lot. Of, he's, I mean, he's, he's a kind of – Yeah, he's, he's got moxie. I like him. There's not much else there. Yeah. Not much else. Michael Dudley says Alabama needs UGA third string OL and DBs. Yeah, like I said, we're going to get to that. Kool Aid McKinstry was was not having a fun time on Saturday. No, well, Quinn Evers was special. Special. It's good, man. Let's get it back to the dogs awesome. real quick, and then we'll get there. Um, speaking of offensive line, though, we're still shuffling some guys around, uh, and I think that's more of just trying to get guys in, get some guys reps. I don't know. What do y'all think? Y'all think that's like actually trying to, to test some different formations out? Is that a recruiting tool? What do we got? Maybe keeping guys ready just in case. Yeah. You know, making sure guys are I think it's great. The field. I think that's a big part. Me too. I agree 100%. More bodies. When you're a team like Georgia and you're playing a game like this, I want to see as many bodies in the game as possible. Yeah. I sure. think it's just one of those things too that we just got so many guys who are ready and, I mean, like are good enough to play and they want to get them to run. Like they deserve it. They work hard enough to get it. So, I mean. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I I think I, I would. I'm not for sure what I what I think. Whether it is more just recruiting, like hey, we're gonna play you, or if it's actually finding the five that they think works best. I think personally, they have the five, the five that start. But who knows? You never know. I mean, last year, we, like I said, we throw Broderick Jones in the, in the national championship game, and he plays really, really well. Yeah, uh, I uh, another another thing I took away from this game too is Sanford is not a bad football team at all. No, um, I came away pretty impressed with their red zone defense. That's <laughs> Florida, and uh, you know I I said this on the show when we recorded last week. By the way, if you don't listen to the to the weekly show, that's when we do our our pregame preview. We'll talk more about South Carolina. I told I told her we weren't coming anywhere close to that spread. First of all, Kirby Chris Hatcher was Kirby one of Kirby's first head coaches. He was not about to run him off the field like that. Uh, they weren't coming close to that 64 game total either. That was insane. Um, and yeah, it, it's not, it was one of those things where there was a respect there to where Kirby was not going to sit there and just take the top off of them and, and, and run them out, run them out of Sanford. But I think they played a pretty good game. I mean, even Georgia in the, in the beginning of the game had to settle for a couple field goals and, uh, Sanford played good. I got to give them credit. Yeah, no, I, I thought they were really sound football team. I mean, we didn't run the ball well against them like at all. No, like we, we only had like 120-something yards, something like that. It wasn't and, a lot. And that's one thing I think we do need to improve on is, is run blocking. And and I know – and we we look awesome in pass block. Like, it's one of the best pass blocking lines I've seen in a while. Set is very comfortable standing behind them. And that's what we've done mostly. So, 
you know, you'd rather be good at pass blocking. But everybody knows the Kirby Smart death march. That's that's what I've labeled it as. That fourth quarter rolls around and we're up on a team and we just put them to sleep. Uh, my favorite Kirby Smart death march. I don't see how anyone's going to ever top this one. But when we did it to Bama in the national championship game, that was the first time I was like, wow, we are whipping them in the trenches. That was that was just tugged to my heartstrings. I could have cried as we just sat there and handed it to Zeus and he just ran for five, six yards of play. It was awesome. So you know that he wants to do that. And we're going to need to be better at that. Uh, we, we don't run. I saw the splits today. I forget what they were, but – but McIntosh up the middle and Milton outside, there, there's kind of – we've been running McIntosh outside the tackles mostly and Kendall inside the tackles mostly. And I don't I – don't, I trust Todd Monko in my life, like I've said. I, I don't think there's any problem with that. But I think you will see the reverse more as, as the season goes on. Like, we're, they're not going to get one-dimensional with those two guys. Well, yeah, I will that was say another this. thing that I – oh, go ahead. Greg. Oh, you go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. Well, that was one of the things that we always saw with, with Cook. And um, James Cook in 2020, I used to get so frustrated. I'm like, why are we running this guy in between the tackles? Why is he running inside zone? It doesn't make any sense. And um, he got a lot better at that as the year went along. And especially in 2020, he was fantastic between the tackles. And, and they had both guys that were able to run inside and out. And I think that's something they want them both to get comfortable with. Yeah, and another thing on backs that I noticed was Dejon Edwards could emerge as a guy who's pretty good out of the backfield. Um, in terms of receiving, he made he made a really nice catch um, coming out of the backfield to the right to the boundary, kind of like a little one handed snag. He looked really comfortable doing that, and that was something that Monken talked about in his preseason presser. Was last year we had uh, McIntosh and Cook being the receiving backs. This year it's really just McIntosh taking the brunt of it. But if Edwards could emerge as that guy, that's just going to make us even deeper. Uh, and he and he looked very comfortable doing it. I know it's your guy, Jake. Shattered him out on the pot. I said I said he was going to have 100 yards. He did not, but he did look good. So I can I can hang my hat on that. Yeah, I will. I will say too, when it comes to running back or running the ball, Kendall Milton ran the ball really well on Saturday. Yeah, he he ran the ball really well, really hard. Uh, I think he had like 80 some rush yards, something like that, some close to 80. But yeah, he started to look comfortable again for sure. Yeah. You remember? I mean, you remember when he kind of burst on the scene his freshman year? Obviously, he came with a lot of hype, but. Just think about that Cincinnati game. Like, he had a really, really good game. And he was kind of the guy going forward where the coaching staff was like, this is our dude. Everybody else better get in line. And obviously he got injured and some things happened. But if we can get him back to that, that spot, is, like I said, the offense is already really, really good. It's, it's one of the best we've seen here in a long time. But there's still just more capabilities for it to get even better, which is exciting. I think we're going to see some stuff against South Carolina on Saturday. We'll talk about that later in the week. But I think Monk's going to dial it up. No, yeah. I, I've got, I've I got have, plenty to say about South Carolina. Don't worry. I have a stat that I found on Twitter about uh, South Carolina's rushing attack versus their rush defense, and it's an interesting one. I think it shows a lot about what's going to happen on Saturday. I, I had some discourse with some South Carolina fans on, on Twitter, and I told them I think they were a better team last year with uh, Zaquandre White and Kevin Harris with those two running backs. There, I mean, we talked about it preseason, too. Like, their offensive line was a big key of this season. Like, if their offensive line could be good, then they might actually be a good team. Their offensive line stinks. Like, I'm not even trying to put it lightly. It, it's not even there. The the dude, the guy that transferred from Bama to Arkansas, I don't remember his name. He had, like, a 1,000 tackles this game, and he was just going wherever he wanted. With True Sanders. Yeah, with absolutely no 
retention at all. He was wherever he wanted to be. Brutal. That's why I loved Arkansas in that game, man. I was like, that is one team that prides themselves on being physical in the trenches and one team that may be the worst in the SEC at it outside of Vandy. And Missouri, did you hear so. Did you hear Pittman say it on game day? I didn't. He, so, so they have a cool thing on game day. Number one, Pat McAfee is going to take that show longer. That show was dying the last two weeks, absolutely dying. Pat McAfee is the man. But they interviewed Pittman on the field. He had his AirPods in, and he was he was walking around. It. And he did make a comment, and it didn't seem like a slight at the time, but the way I look at it, he's like, one team, uh, it's cliche, but one team's going to win it in the trenches today, and hopefully it's, it's the, the pigs. I think exactly how he said it. And I thought about it for a minute, and I was like, you don't make that comment unless you know you're going to win in the trenches. Because he wasn't addressing his team. He was addressing college game day in the public. Like, there was no, there was no like, added – motivation to his team by hearing that he just straight up said our trenches are better than South Carolina's and it wasn't close no I, I mean I was on South Carolina in that game and they they just were getting whooped like I, I remember I got so mad that I turned the game off at one point but there were multiple times that, that they had a chance to cover at the end of that game it was wild at the end but let's uh let's talk about the defense here for a minute um we keep waiting and keep saying hey there might be some mistakes made you know they're young. They're doing this. They're doing that. Through two games, we were averaging one and a half points per game. Uh, obviously, we played Sanford, but we did just play Oregon. And like I said, it Oregon just hung 70 on a team. It ain't like they can't score or incapable of scoring. I don't care who you're playing. You hang 70, you can score. Ask Iowa. I mean, they are incapable of scoring. So, where, where have y'all been most surprised, I guess, with the defense? I think you said it. I think it's points allowed. Um, I expected Oregon to, you know, manage a touchdown or two. Sanford, different story a little bit, but I, I expected this team to give up a touchdown by now, full stop, even if it was just one. And you talk about I, – I still maintain those three points should not have been on the board. That was not a penalty on Kamari last year in that Oregon game. Yeah, bull crap. No, I mean, one thing we've, we've <laughs> kept going back to a lot is, like, the DBs and how good they've been. I mean, like – we knew they were going to be good coming into the season. We knew that was going to be the strong point of our defense this year, but they are they are out of this world, man. I mean, they're different, and it's showing big time. You know, uh, the word out of camp before the season started was about the secondary and how special it was going to be. And, like, I believed it, obviously. It was it was something that I was looking forward to. I know there's a lot of talent back there, but, man, they've been good, like really good. Like, you remember last year, there was, there was even instances where, especially early, well, there were guys open. When, when someone took a deep shot, that was kind of the thing. Like, hey, if you're going to beat Georgia, you better go vertical because that's the only place you're going to beat them. You're not going to be able to beat them, obviously, in the front seven. And they take some shots. I mean, South Carolina hit a couple of big plays at home. Um, Tennessee had some guys open early in the game. There ain't nobody open right now. Um, and when the one guy was open, Chris Smith knocked him in the next week. Like, there's guy – Malachi Starks is glued to everyone. Um. Bullard's been glued to everyone. Lasseter's been glued to everyone. Like, these guys are more than up to the challenge. And if if the secondary is that locked down, I, I don't know how anyone's going to score. I really don't. There's a lot of first-round picks in that secondary. Yes, there is. Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't get enough of Malachi Starks, actually. I, I think. He's awesome. When he leaves here, he he's going to be considered up there with some of the best players ever come through here. If he he's like a freak. This. It's 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 too good, man. It's it's too good. It's it's just like so awesome to be able to sit here and 
tell all these people how wrong they were about our defense taking a giant step back. Like all year, but, all but offseason. You can't, you can't that's really all we blame heard. them. You can't really blame them though. Like, yeah, but I, I mean, you even, can't blame Chris, them. Even if we had the worst defense on the planet and you knew one guy coming in, you would be pissed if somebody said our defense would suck. In the- I mean, yeah, you're true. But, I mean, even still, it's it's nice to be able to just be like, yeah, suck it. Right, yeah, for sure. And that's that's what I know one of the Tennessee guys, one of my Tennessee buddies texted me and was like, when you posted that meme of Georgia just as good as they were last year, he said it, he's like, this is exactly how I felt. And I told him, I'm like, yeah, like, I knew how like we were going to be really good in a lot of areas that a lot of people were not giving us credit for. And I was interested. I was anxious to see the public's reaction when it happened. And it's been as good as, as possible. Florida fans are gone silent, especially after this week. Tennessee fans have kind of gone silent in terms of talking about Georgia. It seemed like everyone wanted to talk about Georgia at the beginning of the year, not being as good as they were. No more talk about Georgia. People are, people are starting to be really fearful that, Nick Saban was maybe out the door. He just signed a 10-year contract. That kind of sucks. But people were thinking, hey, Saban might be out the door. Well, then here comes Kirby walking through that same door. You know? And then they're kind of thinking, wow, this could happen again. We might be seeing a mirror. And I hope I'm gonna say I'm going to say this again. I said it after the Oregon game. Are we 100% sure that this team is not better than last year's team? Because I'm not. No. It's it's truly – it's hard to say either way. Like, you can say, I think they're good. You're like, oh, you're a homer. This team's not as good as they were last year. And it's a fair point. Like the deep, But, like I said, one and a half points through two games, who else has done that? Like, who else has done that? Especially against a top a top at least 25. Even if Oregon's not as good as they, we thought they were, they're still a top 25 team. There's too much talent. I think they're going to win the Pac-12, I'll be honest with you, from what I've seen. Like, USC's look yep. pretty good, but we'll see. I'm now, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really season, looking forward to that game. Saturday. Yeah, if we had started off the season with UTC and Sanford and, and Georgia was playing this well, I wouldn't be, you know, pumping them up like this and saying, oh, you know, only giving up three points. Yeah, that's that's two FCS opponents, whatever. But this is supposed to be a team under the new playoff format a few years that would be a playoff team. Yeah, yeah. Um, Willie Jr., where do you guys see Coach Lanning as far as scheming this season percentage-wise, blitzer zone coverage? I mean, their linebackers – are great and all, but we kind of exposed them in terms of trying to, to guard tight ends and running backs. Um, I don't know. He, his secondary is not good enough just to say, hey, let's play man-to-man and line up and, and beat the guy in front of you. So they're probably going to pull the Falcons I, uh, and run a lot of zone. Since, since he brought up Coach Lanning, this is something I was talking to about. You know, my friends today, somebody said something about Glenn Schumann, and I said, I think the day when Glenn Schumann does get a head coaching job because he will get a head coaching job that um, he'll be a bigger loss than Dan Lanning, 100%. Yeah, and, yeah, Schumann, the players love Schumann. Uh, that's everybody I've talked to has said that. Jake, would you like to read this one? Uh, Patrick Mahomeless has Johnny Manziel's ego and the skill set of DJ Uyunglele. Uh, I don't disagree, man. I uh, Look, I, I don't like to trash kids in particular, but Spencer Rattler, his ego needs a check. That's pretty clear. I'm confused uh, by this though. Hold on, is the skill set of of DJ a bad thing? I don't. I don't think skill set is the problem. No. I think yeah. I, I, I was gonna say. I think you're trashing DJ a little too much right there. <laughs> the dude's skill set. I don't know. Is next, I mean, next worldly, but I, his play on the field does not match his skill set. So here's here's you know this uh, this is a little sneak peek of, peek of uh, what I'm going to be talking about on on the show. 
So when you have receivers that can't get open, I think they have two receivers that were their top two receivers might be out or something. I, I briefly read over that today. I haven't done my show prep yet. But when you talk about a guy that you're going to have a lot of pressure on with a bad O-line and receivers that are not getting open that is prone to playing hero ball and making terrible mistakes, it's a recipe for a couple turnovers. And that's that's what I'm looking for this game. I'm looking for I'm looking to turn the ball over this game. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is so brutal, bro. Lord have mercy. Dude, I and I'm gonna eat a lot of dirt for this. Like I I thought Spencer Rattler was gonna do well this year. Uh, but this was me hoping their line was gonna be better than they were. They, they stink. That line is terrible. I'm still just annoyed. I told South Carolina I had South Carolina fans projected it, or I had South Carolina projected at six and six, and they were telling me Oh, there's no way we're we're winning eight games. No, you're not. Stop. Yeah, and then and then you know these these guys re- responded when I said something about Rattler, and they're like, "Well, he can't do anything because he has you know he has bad O line and all this and all this." And I said, "You guys told me he was going to fix all that." I don't care. Like, that's what you told me all offseason. Rattler Rattler's the final piece. He's gonna he's gonna fix all these problems. It's just not. How I works. don't care if you have Tom Brady with Prime Julio and Calvin Johnson on the outside. If your offensive line stinks, it's going to be hard to score points. What look at the, the Cowboys and Rams game last night? It was two bad O lines going, or not Rams, Cowboys, Cowboys and Bucks. Yeah. Two bad O lines going at it, and nobody could score any points. Like it, it took Leonard Fournette just running through everyone. And that's that's kind of what's happening in Tuscaloosa right now. And that's why this whole offseason, everybody's telling me, hey, we should we should just go ahead and play Alabama and Ohio State in, in the championship game. Like, let's just let's just let them roll. When Alabama is bringing in a Vanderbilt left tackle plug and play and throwing them in. But I'm just supposed to bow down and anoint this team because they have they have Eli Ricks, who's a, a first-team All-American, and he hasn't played but four snaps on the year. And I'm supposed to just bow down and respect this Alabama team, who can't stop Texas from rushing the passer, who Utah – Bryce Young had to run for 100 yards against Utah State because their offensive line couldn't block them, who just got housed by an FCS team. I'm so glad that something about Alabama got exposed. And they could completely clean it up. That's not what I'm saying. My whole beef was we had to spend the whole offseason hearing how great they were going to be this year when they haven't done anything to prove that they were going to be better in that spot. That was my whole beef. They could absolutely get better, but I'm glad that they got exposed on that. I know yeah, I think, I think I think they, they and Ohio State will improve. But Ohio State was, was – a, a Notre Dame team that just lost to Marshall at home was giving Ohio State all they wanted in Columbus. Yes, and it's like I want to reiterate this: both teams have the talent to be where I feel like Georgia's at right now, but they just didn't earn it through this offseason to get all that hype. I said it from the beginning; it was completely disrespectful to not rank Georgia number one in preseason polls, coming off a natty, returning the quarterback, returning at least six starters on defense. Like it was just, it was ridiculous not to. And I'm glad it's been fixed. We're now number one in the AP poll. So we're back where we belong. Man, the lack of discipline from Alabama was insane. I mean, insane. They, these, weren't, these weren't – How many these, penalties yeah, these did weren't, in that game? These weren't, these weren't, you know, pass interference on 50-50 balls. This is pushing people down after the play. This is face masks. These are personal fouls, offsides. I, that, I, you know, honestly, they had 15 penalties. They could have had 20. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me started. That should have been an intentional grounding or safety, and they missed a face mask when Texas was driving. Or the hold on Bryce Young. and lost by one. Exactly. Yeah. And it's that crazy hold that was blatant. A team with 15 penalties still kind of got bailed out by the refs, which is crazy to me. 
that this yeah we we've talked I think we've talked about all we can about Georgia Sanford like you know no disrespect to Sanford great football team there's not much we can talk about Georgia's has much better players um, this week against South Carolina we should have a lot lot more to talk about in this live show crazy week in college football this week let's let's just hit on a little it was bit. insane. Jeremy just said Texas A&M, if you want to start on them, or we can keep going on Bama. Let's finish Bama, and, and then we'll get yeah. into the, the fun belt, because the fun belt had their shine. They had a weekend. The fun, had belt, a weekend. the fun belt is one of the funnest conferences in, in the country, in all sports. So it makes sense. Finish up on Bama. Number one, Quinn Ewers is awesome. Like, he's, a, he's sick. Like, I want him to be good just because I want to give Ohio State crap that they picked. CJ Strath obviously really good, but I want it to be a whole other Joe Burrow situation so we can quit hearing about Justin Fields. Queen Ewers was way better than I thought that he would be. Like, and it wasn't just the passes that he was making. It was the fact that he would just sit there in the pocket. No one Will Anderson was coming on one side. No one Dallas Turner on the other. He was just sitting there and picking them apart. And he had like 138 yards in the first quarter. Like, if he plays that game, and I know it's a hypothetical, and I don't like doing this, but that they would have scored 30, 40 points the way they were playing that first quarter. It, it, these weren't things they were going to fix. These were just their receivers beating Alabama's corners and him putting the ball on the money. They dropped a touchdown. Like they could have had more points. I, and this is more of a not a slight on Bama, but just Quinn Ewers is special, like really special. <laughs> Man, I tell you, between the last two games against Bama, Texas is down uh, on their quarterbacks, two shoulders and one leg. They need to quit playing Bama. Texas yeah, needs to I, quit. I have this tweet pulled up because I'm. I know you guys saw this, but the this Bama page quoted this uh, tweet about two South Carolina players getting injured versus Arkansas. Quote: Georgia once again becomes beneficiary of key injuries. Whatever Faustin bargain the Athens asshole made is paying in spades. I shouldn't have even. Quinters finishes that game, then they win by at least two scores. I that, mean, what are we doing here? That I shouldn't have even reacted with that tweet because it was nonsense. Like, I, it was just to get a reaction. It had to be. If they seriously believe that, they're so far from reality that that someone needs to pull, literally pull them back. But Most insecure fan base in college football. And you far. would think you would think that almost losing to Texas the way they did this week would pull them back a little bit, but it didn't. It made them worse. They did for about forty-eight hours. Yeah, that was. I think it was, they made it till about this morning. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This. This is what was special. Jeremy. Jeremy Ryan Clements. His demeanor overall didn't look like a freshman. Laser locked focus and was executing. Just constant execution. Like over and over and over. That's why I was like, when I saw that, I was on Texas from the start. Everyone on the planet was making jokes about Bama beating, like wearing them out. This, that, and another. Like it. When everyone is on one side, if you've ever gambled, you understand this. When every single person on the planet is on one side, just take the other, even if it seems completely bleak. So I'm sitting there like, I don't really know how Texas is going to be, is going to keep this close, but they're going to. And then I watched Quinn Ewers for one drive, and I was like, oh, this is how they're going to keep it close. And then I thought it get, was crazy. Go ahead. Good. I, I was pretty. Much I just right. thought it. Was, I just thought it was crazy that Bama moved away. I mean, the, that first drive, they were just dumping it off to Jameer Gibbs and. Let him go, and I mean they were kind of dicing up Texas on that first drive and stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm at. I'm not sitting here saying Bama sucks. They're going to be fine. I mean, they probably still are odds-on favorite going to feed. But it's not. But they weren't just without flaw. Like everyone would act like they were coming into the season, which was all. Which is all I needed to see. 
Um, yeah, so let's talk about the fun belt a little bit, and we'll start close to home, Texas A&M. If you haven't seen the video that we tweeted out on Bastard Street Boys, go look at it now because it's probably going to get taken down fairly soon. Um, it is the, the 12th man or whatever nonsense they do on Friday night. This dude, I don't know why they give this guy a mic. Number one, he wasn't funny at all. It was You can barely watch the whole video. It's so dang corny. He's saying the most outlandish, disrespectful things about Appalachian State. While he is looking, he, he's pretty much calling them rednecks and hillbillies while he looks like the biggest redneck hillbilly in that stadium. And it's just, it's complete nonsense. Apparently, Texas AM is trying to wipe it off the internet, but it's there for now. So go check it out. But wow, what an embarrassment by them. I mean, dude, that's pitiful. I mean, that's just sorry. It was, it, that was embarrassing. They got embarrassed. Um, Marie Just Me says, Jimbo's seat hot yet. If, if, if my Miami boys come in and beat them, it sure will be. It it'll, be flaming be under Miami, game. It, it'll be flaming if Miami. Here's the problem. Game. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. The problem is you're, you're running an offense that is inspired. It's, it's, it's cooked. It's finished. And you know what? That still may work when you have a quarterback that can bail you out. Haynes King is not going to bail you out of that offense at all. And people say, oh, well, why don't we play the Wegman guy? You know, he can come in. He's a stud. He's a five-star. You got to change something. You have to change something. The offense does not work. Do something else. And, and Josh Pate made a good point about it today. He said it's easy for guys like Kirby and Saban to say – they can do that because they, they're defensive guys. So they can say, hey, you take over this offense. We need to change. Both, both have done that. If Jimbo lets somebody else take care of his offense, that's just his team gone. That's what he does. He's an offensive guy. He's never going to do it. I think he's out. I, I don't know how he finishes that contract. I generally don't. Kate Klubnick was an A and M legacy too, by the way. I would, if I'm a quarterback, I'm not going to play for him. Like you had Jameis who bailed you out because he was that good in college, and you had Dalvin Cook. Like all these guys, it was just the perfect offense. But you, that freshman class, they're going to get fed up pretty quick if, if you keep doing this. You know, if you can't score points against Appalachian State, I don't know how you're going to score points anywhere else. Appalachian State just gave up 60 to North Carolina last week. 60. And, and A&M couldn't score more than 17 at home. It's brutal. I it, love the it, under next week. Look. Love it. Love it. What's it, what's it Beat it to at? me. 49. <laughs> that game's going to be nasty. All you yeah, people coming yeah, at me from yeah, Miami, yeah. They, they locked him up second half. They're, they're fine. They're fine. And finally, I got to give a little – are you good on A&M? You yeah, anything yeah else I got to nothing to say. I mean, they stink. Before I start. So, it's all the most, you know, I, I go to UGA now for grad school. Um, I was going to give you this time. My undergrad, Georgia Southern Eagles, taking out the man that I have had a bone to pick with for weeks now, Scott Frost. Georgia Southern goes into Lincoln. You just – Griffin's cutting out. Just oh, keep Griffin. going. Yeah, you cut out, Griff. Just keep going. <laughs> my man, my man Clay Helton goes into Lincoln and shoves Scott, Scott Frost in a locker, and he leaves without a job, man. And you know what? What's crazy is they <laughs> waited three weeks and paid him half of his buyout. You got it was that bad. Griff, just 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 Griff, cut okay. it, bro. Just just don't say whatever you're trying to say. <laughs> three, three more weeks. Not even that. Not giving him three more weeks. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, 
I think he I think he should take some of that buyout and give it to me for the for the money he lost against Northwestern. I think it's only fair. What was that tweet you sent out about you just went somewhere and he made your sandwich? Oh yeah. <laughs> it was Jersey Mike's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but what yeah, was crazy about that it. game is you could see it coming from a mile away. Like Southern with all those points was the easiest bet I've ever put in my they entire life. They threw for 400 yards. When's the last time Southern threw for 400 yards? Probably never. They lost the turnover margin. They were they lost it and they still just wore them out. Like they they because Scott Frost is a bad coach. He's terrible. He's just so bad. I, I didn't think he was this bad coming into the year. Like I thought, you know, maybe that he just needed a couple more guys. Maybe needed an OC. Terrible. I mean, he he'll be an cool. analyst at Alabama in three weeks. Griff, I think cool. we got you back. What were you trying to say? Yeah. I I don't even remember where I was honestly. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, no, Scott Frost is. Yeah, no, I really am. Somebody uh, make one Stetson Bennett joke, and Griff might be done. You might just absolutely send him into the oblivion. Nah, I dude. Stet, I, I will say this because we didn't talk about Stet a lot when we were talking about Georgia, but you know he missed some throws on on Saturday for sure, but still put up 300 yards and pretty solid stats. To score two touchdowns, so the Heisman campaign is still strong. I did get a text uh, going back to Georgia. I texted a couple of guys on the team who was asking, you know, hey, I'm going live tonight. They got to get a note. And one of them said, there's not really much to know. Just know that no one was happy with how we played on Saturday and we got to fix it. So good luck, South Carolina. Good good so, game to be a good game to have your flat game because they were a little flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good time, good time I feel it. like it's to be expected. You know, you, you play a big time season opener, you just absolutely wear them out, you execute on all levels. You got to come back down to reality a little bit. But I mean, like I said, we still. Somebody showed me the game. So showed me the score. Actually, came off the field. And was like thirty-three nothing. I'm like thirty-three to nothing. You can give up a point. Like, what do you want me to say here? We wore them out. Yeah. But hey, I'm glad it was ugly out too. Like, it just to was, zero a... was a bad game. Yeah. Um, the last team in the Sun Belt, and it, <laughs> this is awesome. The, Marshall goes into Notre Dame, and abs. This was not just like an upset. Marshall was better. Marshall was better than Notre Dame. And I, I I listened to Brian Kelly jokes. I don't understand. Like, I understand Brian Kelly's goofy. Dabo's goofy. I don't hear as many jokes about Dabo as I do Brian Kelly. Dabo's goofier. Brian Kelly, regardless of what you think, is a good football coach. What Notre Dame was with under Mark Weiss or whatever, they were an absolute doormat. Charlie Brian, Weiss. Charlie Weiss. Uh, Brian Kelly's got them up. He had them playoff contenders. I know everybody's like, well, they get killed the first round. They got there. I mean, they 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 played good teams. They play a tough schedule most years. Everybody says it's overrated. Usually pretty good. They go to Michigan, to USC. Like these aren't just easy places. Well, Brian Kelly leaves, and Marcus Freeman is the savior. You know, he's the guy. He's the next up. The players wanted him. You know, the players celebrated when he got hired. He's zero three. He has not won a game yet, and one of those is to Marshall. So the Brian Kelly jokes. They might you might need to hold off a little bit. He, he lost one game. I think he's going to be fine. I really, really do. But I, I was happy to see Notre Dame get blown out by Marshall. That was awesome. Yeah, and I, I got to give a little – I got to get a little support. Georgia State should have beat North Carolina. They were in that game as well. So, it was almost a really big weekend for the Sun Belt. Yeah. The last note I had was Florida, in parentheses, ha. Hey, a real quick question, quick, uh, quick trivia question. Do you guys know how many passing touchdowns Carson Beck has this year? I believe he has one. Yeah. He has one. Okay. Do you know how many Anthony Richardson has? I believe he has zero. <laughs> ah, oh, correct. You'd be correct. That's crazy. 
Give us a, I thought he was. I thought he was. I thought he was a Vince Young, Cam Newton, uh, Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow, those were uh, RG three hybrid. If you know anything about football, you could watch the Florida game against Utah and see that they were running like a Ravens twenty nineteen offense. Like everything was was RPO. It was read option. It was put the ball in his hands and let him make plays, which he's great at. Until the run is not the option. When the run is not the option, he stinks. He can't – he's just – he's not that good. I, I swear he got the yips during the middle Kentucky of the game. Kentucky didn't even play good. Not, no. He's, he's a tremendous running back. He's a tremendous athlete. He has absolutely every tool to be an NFL quarterback. He's a mega arm, freak body, freak I like athlete. A-R- I like Anthony Richardson. It pains me to say that, but people did need to calm down with the whole yes. – the next, the next great coming of of whatever you and know. We've seen, we've seen there is there's an old myth that quarterbacks couldn't improve their accuracy. That was kind of the thing with Josh Allen coming out of college. Like, you, it can happen, it can happen. But if he is, if they get down and he is forced to make a lot of throws to bring you back, it's not happening. It is not happening. If you get up, you're in control of the game. When you're playing Utah, you're running the ball at will. You're letting him get out, and create space. He's going to look really, really good. He's behind, done for. There, there's not much he can do in the passing game right now. He has every ability to do to be able to. He's like DJ. He can. Will we see it? I don't know. I don't know. But Florida fans, they need a slice of humble pie, dude. I mean, they they got it too. They are just I mean, absolutely eating the nastiest crow ever this week. Kentucky. What? The fact that they got on this that app on Twitter and just acted a fool all week after beating Utah was insane. Insane. No, I mean, dude, Kentucky came in there and th- didn't they? Did they didn't have a scholarship running back in that game? Did they? Like it was all like they just may figuring have it won. out. May have like had literally one. If they did, maybe late late in the game, they were running the ball well. They were dominating the line of scrimmage and just running right through those. So they figured something out. And dude, I mean, this is what it is. Guys, you heard it here first. UTSA pulls the Georgia Southern in Austin next weekend. Could be a letdown spot. Could be a letdown spot. I think I don't I think know Texas how is, is is much more secure at in the line of scrimmage than all three of those teams who just got beat. Um, Jay, you like this one? Caleb Williams in a week pack looks poised to win the Heisman as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, I thought that was that was my pick. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, he, he looked. I thought Caleb Williams' bet for the Heisman was the best by far, just because the odds were like surprisingly kind of high. It was like what four fifty? I think he was third, fourth or fifth. Yeah, it was fourth, third, fourth or fifth. Yeah, he might have been behind Will Anderson. And you're right, Kirby's visor in the, in the Pac-12. That's you don't have to do a whole lot. Just you make one read and, and throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, uh, but y'all are both wrong on that. Stetson Bennett's going to win the Heisman. So yeah, I mean he he very easily could. Um, Trust yeah. me, you can you can laugh in my face all you want if that does happen. Trust yeah, me, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Here in five minutes, Brooks is about to take over and break down some film. Um, Says so red zone worries will be addressed. Arkansas is good. That is Arkansas that is true. Game of problems is that game in Fayetteville? Yes, it is. That <laughs> they really really good. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Um, be- I saw another one here. Go ahead, Griff. Before we go, about we didn't talk about Tennessee really. Uh, Pitt and Tennessee, a solid football game. And Tennessee, I will say. They impressed me with how like how they were able to stay in that game. Like they they didn't their offense looked terrible. It. 
Yeah, they didn't win it playing just the gimmicky uh, football that they always play. And but they they looked agreed. all right. I mean, they did get a little. Keaton Slovis did he go down in that game? I know he, he did. didn't finish yes. the game. I yes, I was in Sanford. So. They knocked him out of the game. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see that. I was still in the game. Regardless, it was a good win by Tennessee. They they looked really sloppy on offense, which is pretty uncharacteristic. Uh, but but like I said, like they. Without a good offensive line, you can't do a whole lot. Their offensive line is still not very good. Like, it's all right. It can pass. But when you play really good teams, it's not going to be that good. I don't care who you have at quarterback. So, they, they struggle Pitt with that. It does have a solid that. defensive line, too. So, that probably yeah, is all, why it looked a little – But they, their defense stepped up when they needed them. So, credit them. Hats off. They covered seven and a half. Good for them. Yeah. What, what's the spread at UTSA game? Whoever put that in there, if you know it. It's. I think it's a thirteen or eleven, something like that. It's yeah. Okay. I want to see Stetson throw more than one to two TDs a game. Yeah, I'd like to see him throw seven. To be honest with you. We'll hey, see. as long as they win, however many it takes. I got. I got him throwing for more than one to two this weekend. Oh, yeah. I, 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 think we're, I think we'll talk about it more. The comeback earlier or later this week, I, we'll probably release it on what? Thursday morning, Griff? Thursday yeah, we'll, evening, we'll, something. We'll, we'll, we'll let you know on Twitter. Day. Yeah, come. Come to that. We'll have, a lot, we'll have a lot to say about South Carolina. We will, I'm not we, worried about that. We, no, we will take down South Carolina. We'll and our great. bets. We we actually all did okay this week. I I went two and two. You went three and one. What did you do? I think I went three and one. I hit yeah, my so first three. Under. I'm not sure. Virginia just absolutely fooled me. That was bad. That was a bad. I wouldn't have trusted Virginia. I'm I'm trying to tell y'all, man. Brennan Armstrong. Okay, he's he's been he's been bad this year. But Brennan Armstrong. I think Virginia. I think he's good, but Virginia's team is bad. Yeah, I I freaking absolutely. One of the one of my pet peeves in life is when I'm right. I freaking hate it. And they're like a ten and a half point favorite versus Old Dominion this weekend at home too. And that line, that's that is ratty. All right. Why does everybody schedule Old Dominion? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I had ECU one. Oh, Ohio was my only one that didn't cover. Actually, did Mississippi State and Arizona go over? I didn't even check that. No, it didn't. It didn't go over. Okay. Then I went two and two. Three and one. The fade, the fade guys were out on me this week. I'm back to They even. were out on me last week. And to roll. I went three and one. So that, maybe that's just what we need. Everybody on our next picks post, just comment fade all of them. And uh, maybe we'll all go for it. I like out. this one. Late jump rattle in, rattler. It's time for a five stat rattle rattler. Yeah. If if unless the river dogs sweep, I will be there on Saturday. I'll try my best to have them rattled. All right, boys. <laughs> another good live show. Appreciate y'all joining the chat. Right after this, Brooks will take over. He's doing a film study. If you want in-depth breakdown, go over there. Good, good stuff. Um, like I said, follow us on Twitter, hit the like button. We get after it on Twitter. We're going to start hosting some more spaces, especially when I'm done with baseball, which is happening this weekend. This will be the last weekend I have it. I'll be full-blown Twitter. And like I said, that 12 o'clock slate, I was I was on one um, watching the Bama game. I was kind of giddy. So be sure to follow it. Uh, boys, hit. good show. We will see you all later. Hit. Go dogs. Yeah, follow everything, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. And, uh, yeah, close that hole. Peace.